amen and good morning. <laughs> Welcome to worship, whether you are here with us in the sanctuary or if you are watching online. Welcome and good morning to all of you. It is wonderful to have uh, everybody with us, whether they're here in person or here in spirit. And so as we begin, let us start in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to be here or to be watching online. We thank you for this moment of pause as we turn our hearts and our minds towards you this morning. Bless us with your peace and with your presence on this day. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Momentary technical difficulties. Oh, this is actually a good time for anybody who's in the sanctuary. If you wouldn't mind, if you've ever connected to our internet, if you want to put your phone on airplane mode or something like that, that would always help us, even as our internet has been updated. <laughs> it's always best to not have anything else extra pulling from it. Let us join our hearts and our minds together as we pray for peace. Good and gracious God, we light this candle as a symbol of your peace, and we pray for your peace to take over the world. We pray for your peace to spread from one person to the next, that we may all know and feel your peace in this world. May your peace prevail on earth. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So now it's time for our children's moment. So for our children's moment today, I wanted to do the best job that I could to answer a question that a four-year-old asked. So a four-year-old asked uh, who Jesus is. And I think that the best way to understand who Jesus is is to understand who Jesus as the Son, God as the Father, and the Holy Spirit are individually and together. So to answer who Jesus is, first we have God. God is the creator of all of the universe. And we learn in the Bible that in the beginning, God was not alone. God had someone else with him. In the Bible, we learn we. And at first we wonder maybe it was angels or something like that. But then we learn, when we learn about Jesus, that Jesus was with God in the beginning. But Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God who came and lived among us and showed us how to live and ended up dying for us. And when Jesus died for us, he opened up the gates to eternal life for all of us. And then we have the Holy Spirit. So after Jesus went back to heaven, then Jesus told us that we would not be alone, but we would have a special advocate, an adv advocate's like a helper, to be with us for all of time while we are here on this earth. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. So we have a bit of a science experiment to do this morning. Uh, well, really, it's nighttime for us here, but it's morning for you as you're watching this. So for our science experiment, what do we have here, kids? What do we have? What's this? That's water. Water. And then we have cold ice. water. <laughs> ice, also known as cold water. And so we've got ice cubes right here. And then we have water right here. But there's actually one more thing, something that's making a little crackling noise behind me. So let's go for a little field trip through our kitchen. If we go over here on the stove, we're going to see one other thing here. Careful because it is very warm. But if we look, then we are going to see, I should try not to burn myself. We are going to see that I have boiling water right there. And when I took off the lid, can you see all of that steam coming off of the lid? And if we do that again, if we let this sit right here for a minute, and then we take off the lid, you can see the steam come out. So when water is boiled, steam rises, and that steam is still water. So the water oh, is in the sweaty. steam. Water is also in this glass right here to drink. And water is in the ice. So here's the cool thing. Let's turn off our stove over here. And let's mix these three things together. So we have our boiling water with our steam over there. We have this water and we have our ice cubes. So as we mix them all together, we're going to find out that we end up in the end with just one thing. Eventually all of those ice cubes are going to melt and we're just going to have water. See those ice cubes melting? Yeah, so, but more water than before. Yes, well we lost some water when it turned to steam, and then we added the ice cubes in the water, and we got more. So the same way that water and ice and steam are all water, that's how God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit work. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all God, but they're also different. So that is how we understand what we call the Trinity, the Trinity that is our God, God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We also sometimes say God our Creator, God our Redeemer, and God our Sustainer. All three make up our triune God. And yet all three have their own roles. So that's how we better understand the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I hope that helps. By the way, kids, if you guys have any questions ever, be sure to ask and we'll try our best to answer those questions for you. All right, God bless you and have a, have a blessed day. Good morning. Who can tell me what's happening this afternoon? Besides the Bills and the Rams. Who was it out there? I heard somebody say it. Crop walk. Crop walk. Yes, indeed. 
We have $435 already here in cash and checks. We have a whole lot more online. There's still time to donate to support our, our walking team. So if you want to see Pastor Elizabeth or me uh, after church, uh, we'll be glad to accept anything you'd like, you'd like to share with us. The, um, but that's for the crop walk. Fortunately, we've got good weather. I've uh, been asked to announce the Women's Fellowship is the cornerstone for women. We are asking for monetary, for monetary donations or Amazon gift cards. Any questions, please see Char Birchfield or Gay Mentoretter. And let's see, oh yes. These are now available. If you saw Pastor Elizabeth, you can see that she's got one of the face masks on, but here are our new t-shirts. And they're available now. Uh, any special way to order? Online. online. They're available online. So uh, next time we have a group event, we can all be there in our t-shirts. We move now to the litany. And the first part is longer than usual. But in the second part, we have a response. The cue is, because nothing is impossible for you, O God, and your response is, it'll be on the screen, hear our prayer and in your love answer. So let us be together in the spirit of prayer. God, you are a God of compassion and love. Time after time, we have experienced your care and provision. Time after time, you've answered our prayers and met our needs, often in ways we could never have dreamed possible. We praise you for your faithful love toward us. Because we have known your love, we come to you with confidence, offering our prayers for the world that you love. We see so much pain and suffering, so much anger and frustration and despair. It's easy to feel overwhelmed by the needs around us, but we continue to bring our prayers to you in faith because we know that nothing is impossible for you. You are the God who rained down bread from heaven and made water flow from the rock in the desert. The God who resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead and who brings new life and, and new hope to all who believe. For you, all things are possible. So here we hear our prayers. We pray for those suffering the effects of recent natural disasters and wildfires because nothing is impossible for you, O oh God. We pray for the regions of our world caught up in violence and threats of violence, because nothing is impossible for you, O oh God. We pray for those who live with serious illness, those with chronic pain, those without access to proper medical care, those for whom treatment is no longer an option, because nothing is impossible for you, O oh God. Merciful God, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to show us a different way to live, the way of deep humility and obedience. You've called us to love one another and to work together with one heart and mind, balancing our needs with the needs of those around us. Give us courage to follow faithfully and with integrity, with actions that bear witness to the words we speak and worship that overflows into our daily tasks and relationships so that our lives will bring glory and honor to you, our Redeemer and Lord. We say together, Amen.
just feeds my soul. I don't know about you, but I find it the most beautiful song. And hopefully, you, if you needed that song, if you needed a time of worship, I hope that your heart is feeling at peace now. I know there's so much stress and so much anxiety, and with everything going on in the world, whether you are joining with us online or joining with us in, per, in person, and you're trying to navigate all of the, the craziness that's going on in the world, I just hope that you're able to take a moment where your heart just is at peace. If you are watching with us online, I do want you to know that we have Charlotte navigating any texts, any messages that come through uh, on the comments. We have Zach monitoring the camera. We have uh, Brianna doing the slides. We have Glenn in the back doing the sound. So if somebody's online and there's something that's just not right with the sound, uh, you need the volume up or down, let Charlotte know. She can give Glenn a little thumbs up or a thumbs down, and we can, uh, we can let that happen. So if you ever see Charlotte, give a thumbs up or a thumbs down during a song or during um, the sermon or anything like that. I promise you she's not giving us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's for Glenn in the back. But anyways, now we have our reading today. Our reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter. This is a reading that we find at the end of Jesus' life, at the end of his ministry. And we find this as he has entered into Jerusalem. He has had his triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. And the priest and the elders and the scribes, all of those in the synagogue, are not very pleased with Jesus. They are not very pleased with the fact that everyone looks at Jesus and respects him and reveres him and looks at them without that same kind of reverence. And so they are not happy with the popularity that Jesus has gained. And so we're going to find ourselves reading these two pericopes here, starting with verse 23. If your hearts and your minds are ready, will you please say amen? amen. And now starting with verse 23. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? Because John said that Jesus was the Messiah to come. 
But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. And so they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go to work in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. And the father went to the second son and did the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing our hearts and our minds to focus on you this morning. Lord, we know that this world is chaotic. We know that people are stressed with extra pressures going on in this world. So we ask, Lord, that you give us a moment of peace, that you help us, that you guide us. 
We ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So as we just read at the end of Jesus' ministry, he walks into a synagogue and there are people who are just amazed by Jesus. There are people who are just in awe of all that Jesus has done. And then he walks into the synagogue and he starts teaching and the priest and the elders are there. Do not share the same sentiments as everybody else because they look at Jesus and they think that Jesus makes them look bad. They look at Jesus and they are so filled with jealousy and and self-loathing and rage that they aren't able to embrace Jesus as he walks into the synagogue because even though they themselves have witnessed the miracles that Jesus has performed, even though they themselves have heard about all of the miraculous things that Jesus has done, they are allowing themselves to be dictated by that self-loathing and that anger that's in their heart. They can't see the goodness that is in Jesus. They can't see the godliness that is in Jesus because their hearts are in the wrong Place. Have you ever met somebody like that, by the way, who they just can't see any goodness? They just can't see anything because their hearts are so calloused and they just can't see anything. Or maybe it's somebody who is so overwhelmed with self-loathing or, or, or maybe self-pity or, or something like that, some weird thing going on in their heart that they just can't see the goodness that is in the world. Well, that's what was going on with those priests and with those elders. They came face to face with Jesus and even though they know about all of the miracles that he's performed, even though they've probably witnessed on their own Jesus take a, a paralyzed man and help him walk again, even though they've probably witnessed Jesus take somebody with, with a deformity and heal him, even though they've probably heard, even if they weren't there, they heard about Jesus miraculously, and miraculously feeding thousands of people. Even though they know all that, their hearts are still calloused. Even though they know all that, their hearts are still uh, in the wrong place. And so they tried to set Jesus up to fail. Here's what they did. They asked Jesus a question. They wanted to know where his power came from. They asked him this question, and it wasn't an authentic question. So here's the thing. People ask Jesus questions all the time. They ask him questions. If they ask questions that are genuine questions where they actually want to know the answer so that their faith can grow... Jesus gives them the answer. But if like these priests and if like the Pharisees, they ask a question where they don't actually want to know the answer, but they want to try to, to uh, bring Jesus to his demise, if it's something like that, Jesus doesn't answer their question with an answer. Instead, he answers their question with another question. Whenever he's doing this with the Pharisees, we always say that he out-Pharisees the Pharisees because the Pharisees were those, they were meant to build these arguments and they were trying to, to catch people in certain things all the time. But Jesus... I was going to say he doesn't play their game, but the reality is that he actually plays their game better than they do. Because here, these priests, they tried to get Jesus caught in a question. They were like, well, well, if we ask him where this power comes from, if he says that his power comes from God, then we're going to be like, you're a blasphemer, and, and they'll say all these terrible things, and they'll, they'll have him killed. But if Jesus says that the power does not come from God, then they'd be like, you're a heretic. Nobody should listen to you whatsoever. So that's the plan. But Jesus knows our hearts. Not just them, he knows all of our hearts. Jesus knows our hearts, and even though the priest said certain words, he knew what their intent was. He knew that their words were not authentic. He knew that. So Jesus looks at them and asks them a question of their own. Well, you tell me, where did John's power come from? Did John get his power from heaven? Or did John get his power from some other place? And those priests, they can't give an answer because they know if they say the right thing, then Jesus is going to be like, well, he's the one who paved the way for me, so why didn't you believe him? But also, if they said that they didn't believe that John came from heaven, that his power came from heaven, then they'd probably get overwhelmed by the crowds who were already so angry that John had been killed. They probably would have overpowered them. So these priests, they got caught in a pickle where Jesus was able to outplay them at their own game because of his 
wisdom. Now, the reality is that Jesus teaches us not just heavenly things, but he also teaches us practical things. As we watch what Jesus does and how Jesus interacts with people, he also teaches us practical lessons. And as we look at what Jesus teaches us here, Jesus teaches us the sad reality that a lot of us faithful people don't want to uh, understand, the sad reality that not everybody's heart is in the right place, the sad reality that some people do things out of deception, the sad reality that some people care more about themselves than other people, and their words and their actions are not authentic. And in a way, Jesus teaches us how to be in the world, and I'm not going to say but not of the world this time. I'm going to say how to be in the world, but not corrupted by the world. Because the reality is that there's inauthenticity everywhere, is there not? There is inauthenticity everywhere in the world. And I'm a huge person that likes to be authentic. I want to know who Elena is. I want to know who she is. You know, what what makes her who she is. I don't want to know who she pretends to be. I want to know who she is. I like authenticity. Whenever I'm at funerals, I do, uh, you know, I love the the rawness of funerals when people come and they end up just being who they truly are when they can't put on a facade at all but they burst into tears because that's what's going on in their heart it sounds weird but i like true authenticity to me that is so important and here's the thing about us people of faith because i don't think i'm alone here when us people of faith meet other people we always want to see the best in them don't don't we anybody else give me a little raise your hand if you always want to see the best in people and and maybe you have a hard time seeing that that person might not be truly authentic here's the thing in our household we have a pastor and we have a lawyer (laughs) guess who thinks that everybody is so sweet and so good Uh, who do you think is that person Who do you think is the one who realizes that there's red flags in people? Trevor, exactly, the attorney. He's the one where he's like, you do realize you're probably being a little bit naive. That person probably isn't as perfect as they make themselves out to be. You know, maybe you shouldn't trust that person completely. Maybe they're being a little bit deceptive. You know, are you sure you should be doing that? Are you sure you want to put yourself in this situation where where maybe that person isn't completely safe to be around? Who do you think is the one who has to tell your pastor those things? (laughs) It's a really good thing that I married somebody who is not the same as me. But the reality is that I don't think I'm alone in this. I think that a lot of us people of faith want to see the best in people. We want to look and we want to see somebody and we want to see the goodness in them. When somebody comes and asks us for something, we don't want to assume all that bad stuff, but we want to assume that they're coming from a good and honest place when the reality is that there are inauthentic people in this world. There are people who are out to deceive us. There are people who are inauthentic. So as I look at this reading today, I think in some ways it's a bit of an eye-opener for us people of faith, at least people like me. Give me a little wave of the hand again if this is, this is news for you too. You know, Do you need this news? I, I know what I do. Okay, so here's what I started thinking about. How can we use these words of Jesus and learn to be a little bit more aware of people who might not be authentic? How can we do that? Well, first, let's think about where people are inauthentic in this world. First, I will tell you that we have had many senior members of our church, and I say many because I can, I can start to count them. We have had many pe- senior people in our church who have had things like receiving phone calls from somebody who says that their grandchild, that they are their grandchild, and says that they're in trouble, and says that they're in need of money. And that person is not actually their grandchild. It's a scammer set up, and they found out information. They found out that that Lori has two grandchildren and they want to, and they're going to, you know, tug at her heartstrings a little bit. They find out all this stuff and so they say that they're the grandchild and they say that they're in need of money and they say that they need that money wired to them. However, it's not really them. Now, most of our senior members have been able to figure out it wasn't them, but not all of them. Some of them have unfortunately ended up sending money. So we need to beware, us Christians that, have, that like to see the best in all people and like to believe the best, we need to beware that some people are not who they say that they are. 
We also need to be aware that, uh, that some people in our communities are not always who they say that they are, that sometimes we need to be a little bit cautious. You know, I, I hear these situations where somebody works not in a church, but they work in an office building, and they have a coworker that they confide in, and then suddenly that coworker breaks their trust, and that coworker uses words that they've said against them to gain power over them. We also need to be aware that some people that are in our lives might not be truly authentic, but might care about themselves more than others. We also need to to understand that we actually, for the most part, live in an online world right now. I mean, right now, I was trying to count. I count like 40-something people here. I think 46 people in the sanctuary, not me. So everybody else is watching online. We live in an online world. Online is not reality. This is something that I think us us Christian people need to understand even more. Online is not reality. There are bots. There are trolls. There are all these things just trying to stir stuff up in us. That is not true. There is a whole world out there that appears to be authentic, but it's not authentic at all. So what do we do with all this, with all this news, with this reality that Jesus came face to face with inauthentic people? Those inauthentic people actually ended up having Jesus killed, and we might come face to face with inauthentic people. What do we do with that news? How do we allow that news to help us to change our our lives? Well, number one thing that we can do is understand that it's true. Jesus told us to beware of wolves in sheep's Clothing. Jesus said that there are some people who appear to speak truth, but really they're ravenous wolves. And then Walter, ha- uh, not Walter, where did Walter's name just come in? Walter. <laughs> Apostle Walter. <laughs> oh, that kid makes me laugh. Okay, the Apostle Paul, who wrote 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that in the church in Corinth, there were these super apostles. When he calls them super apostles, he is being facetious. They are not actually super, but they think that they are super. But all that they want is they want to take the authority from the Apostle Paul and the other apostles in Jerusalem. And they don't just want to take the authority, but with the authority, they also want to take the money. And so they came into Corinth and they tried to take what was not there. So the first thing that we need to realize is that just as there were inauthentic people in biblical times. There are inauthentic people today. So here's what we can do. First, find yourself somebody that maybe sees those red flags. (laughs) Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's somebody else. But allow to use that confidence of somebody who might see those red flags better than you do. But here's what we need to do. Number one thing I want us to do as we try to beware of inauthentic people in this world is not to lose our good hearts. I'm looking around at this community. I'm looking around. I'm seeing those of you who I know are online every week. And I know that you have good, pure hearts. I see you, and I know you have those good, pure hearts. Don't let inauthentic people who do wrong things corrupt your pure hearts. Do you hear me, friends? Don't let people who are all broken and nasty and making stuff bad, don't let them steal your goodness. Jesus didn't let them steal his goodness. Yes, they did end up killing him in the end, but that's a different subject because remember, there's a whole resurrection from the dead and the gates to heaven. So that's okay. But think about it, friends. Don't let deceptive or inauthentic people ruin who God made you to be. God gave you that joy. Keep that joy and that pureness. Do you hear me? Because that's my most important lesson here. Don't let inauthenticity and the nastiness of the world destroy who God made you to be. I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you hear me, friends? That is important. You are who God made you to be. Keep that goodness. The second thing is just be cautious. Sometimes we as Christians, we want to do all that's good and all that's right. We need to be cautious sometimes. Don't just rush to do something. I've learned to do this over the years. Don't just rush to do things, but instead talk to a confident. Talk to a spouse. Talk to me. Talk to somebody. Talk it over to see if something sounds true. Our senior members that did not lose hundreds or thousands of dollars to people did not lose it because they picked up the phone and they called their family members. Talk to people. 
But number one, friends, don't lose who you are. This is an inauthentic world. There's plenty of fakeness out there in the world pretending to be something that it's not. But you, my friends, are a child of God. You, my friends, have the heart that God has given you. You, my friends, know how to love because you follow Jesus and Jesus teaches you how to love. So don't let the world destroy you. Don't let the nastiness destroy you, but be who God made you to be and be authentic, even as we live in an inauthentic world. You promise that you'll do that? You'll try your hardest, friends? Amen. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we live in a world where there's chaos and where there's pain and where there's anger and where there's deceptiveness. But I pray, Lord, that you guard the hearts of all who are listening right now. Guard their hearts, guard their minds. Help them to stay devoted to you and focused on you even when the world turns to chaos even when they are face-to-face -face with someone who has sadly been corrupted by the evils of this world. Lord, we ask that you protect each person's heart. Protect their heart. Keep them grounded in you. Keep their hearts pure and loving. And help us all to not be too naive. Help us all to have the wisdom that was in Jesus, the wisdom that protected him them then and the wisdom that rose him from the grave. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Pastor Elizabeth has talked to us about authenticity, one of the ways that we demonstrate our authenticity in our faith is by, as the saying goes, putting our money where our mouth is. So this is a time when the offering will be received, not physically, but there's a basket in the back where you can leave your offering or you can do it online. And we thank you for all your support. And if you can't help us right now, do not be afraid or ashamed. We all go through difficult times. together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
now friends go forth with the blessing of god go forth with the love of christ go forth be blessed and be a blessing to all